Amen, amen. Don't you love singing your heart out? I need to drink the water after that one. If we could have our young people go off to Children's Church. Miss Kathy's got an awesome, awesome time for you. I'm going to join shortly. I heard about what they're doing down there, so trust me, it's going to be good. Well, how many need to get their shout back? Let me try that again. How many need to get their shout back? So, uh, you know, it's, it's neat, you know, with our, our young people and, uh, you know, having them come up here. I love seeing Tess and Jen and Nate and, uh, you know, perfected praise is happening in the children. And I think it's amazing out of the purity of it. And when we get in our lives a joy... I was thinking about Christmas, and you think about the activity of Christmas and the idea of children opening gifts up and uh, them being really, really excited. Um, Folks, I want to tell you today, it's okay to get excited over Jesus Christ. Turn real quick, if you will, to Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Jesus had fulfilled yet another prophecy when he entered the streets of Jerusalem. And then we'll jump into Luke 19. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. You know, when Jesus, I want us to understand too today, is that when Jesus came into Jerusalem, he rode on a donkey. It wasn't a war horse. I don't know if you know that he was the suffering servant. So this was leading up to the to the moments just before him being crucified. And if you can imagine the crowd and the frenzy of all of this, this wasn't a staged event. You know, we, we have our praise and worship, and not that it's staged, but it's kind of planned, and we kind of put things together, and that's fine. But here we have in this moment, they set upwards of two to 3,000 people in the streets there, and this was not staged. It wasn't that they were saying, Okay, Jesus is going to come into the streets at 10 a.m. Everybody get your seats. Everyone get ready. Let's have the senators. Let's have the Roman emperors. Let's have everyone there. It wasn't that way. There was a frenzy that happened because people were excited. And they said, Hosanna, blessed is you, comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna literally means save us. Hosanna, they they were understanding that he was God and he was king. Now their motives were to get him to overthrow Rome. They said now is the time. They had just experienced um, uh, Lazarus being risen from the dead. Everyone witnessed that. And at that point, the Pharisees started planning and getting together saying, we've got to take this guy out. How many of you can't take Jesus out? He gave his life willfully away. What an amazing thing. Let's turn real quick to Luke chapter 19. Folks, i got to tell you, the last couple days I was a fuddy-duddy of my attitude. How many have had a bad attitude this week or last week? Anybody in here only two, three, four? You know, isn't it funny how our emotions play with us? i got to get back to this. Just a second. We'll go back to that. Luke 19, 28 through 40. Let's get this on page and, and get moving forward. After telling this story... Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the town of Bethpage and Bethany, the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead, go into the village over there. He told them, and as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there with no one who has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. 
And so they went and found the colt. That's what I do with cars, by the way. If I need a new car, I just untie it. So they found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And and sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. And so they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. And as he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where he rode, he started down the Mount of Olives. And all of his followers began to shout and to sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Blessing on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. And he replied, If they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. Augustine of Hippo said this, Come Lord, stir us. Call us back. Kindle and seize us. Be our fire and our sweetness. Let us love and let us run. Father, I just pray today that you would awaken your church and get us out of our lethargy and out of our sense of satisfaction. Father, may we come to you today as empty vessels needing to be filled. Father, I don't need the things from the past. I need you right now. I need the freshness of your presence in our church today, here and across the world, needs the freshness of your presence and your spirit. And God, may there be kind of a frenzy that happens among us as we shout and praise you, God, for what you have done, and for what you're doing, and for what you're about to do. And I pray for all of us in our hearts today, God, that we would yearn after you, that we would seek after you, and God, you would be found because we're seeking you today with all of our hearts. Father, may a shout erupt in our spirits and physically in our lives. May people see an excitement. It's not something that we drum up because our emotions are in the right place or because our lives are perfect or because we're making the right amount of money or because our kids are doing this or doing that. Father, our lives and the shout comes because you died for us and you took the penalty that we deserved. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Filled with wonder, A.W. Tozer writes, With our feet firmly rooted in the scriptures, we can rise to that mysterious height of spirituality and become so God-conscious that we lose a sense of all other things. Oh, to be lost in the wonder that God is our spiritual heritage. That is the fullness of our redemption in Jesus Christ. Folks, I want to tell you, you know, when we lose our shout, and I guess when we lose our excitement, David described it like this, that I lost my first love. You know, we can lose our first love. And I believe what happens in our walk with Christ is kind of the the road of doctrine and all that we do and kind of knowing we lose the art of knowing God. You know what I mean? So we can know about God, but we can lose the effect of knowing God. These people experienced God. They saw Him. They saw Him with their own eyes. And I want to tell you today that with the presence of God in your life, you see Him, you know Him. I love the late Keith Green, and they said, How do you know Jesus is alive? And he said, He's alive because He lives in me. I think what ends up happening, and the Lord did this in the Old Testament, even through the New, there's this word said, forget. Did anyone forget anything this week? You forget things. We're extremely forgetful and we're extremely short-sighted in our approach. One week we're flying high and God's done this and the next week we're like, 
God, where are you at? One week God does something great, and then another week happens, and we have, we've tripped on some things, and then we're wondering where God, well, is God the same God of last week as this week, or has God changed? Deuteronomy 32:18, forgetfulness and ingratitude go hand in hand. I heard someone quote, forgetfulness and ingratitude go hand in hand. Deuteronomy 32:18 says, you forget the God who gave you birth. Psalm 78:11 says, they forgot his works and wonders he had shown them. Psalm 106:21 says, they forgot God. You know what I think is happening in America right now? We're forgetting God. We're forgetting God. We're forgetting what He has done. We're forgetting the grace. We're forgetting what He's given to us. We're forgetting that the prosperity that we have is a gift from God. We're increasingly secular in our approach in the church. We're increasingly forgetful. We're increasingly self-motivated. Folks, you can find even on Christian bookstores, try to find a book that doesn't deal with increasing your sense of self-esteem and feel good about yourself. It's garbage. Here's what I ask you to do today. Forget about your nutrition and your self-improvement and your self-awareness and where you came from in life, and you stand in there and say, that's the King of Kings, and all glory and honor come to Him. He saved us. You say, what do I have to praise God for? I'm going through a rough time, Pastor. Turn to someone and say, what do I need to praise God for? You praise God for a lot of reasons. If anything else, what you have today is you have got a common grace. You have a common grace. May we never forget. Colossians 1.13 says, For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. You know what else happens too when we get into the forgetfulness mode and we forget about what God has done and we forget to thank Him? We get into an entitlement generation, don't we? Don't we live in a time where we feel entitled to the things that we have? Like, I deserve this. This is mine. When we take simple blessing, this writer says, for granted, as if they were owed to us, or conversely, when we start to think that our house, our car, our wardrobe, our general station in life is beneath what we deserve, and gratitude finds all the oxygen in it, it needs to thrive. This fiercely self-motivated, self-esteemed culture is a cultural that lays the palm branches ahead of ourselves and declares, look what I have done and look what I deserve. Folks, we are constantly reminding people of who we are and what we've done. So we're not laying the branches out anymore for God and His power and His kingdom. We're laying the branches out for ourselves. Look what I've done here. Aren't I great? I'm self-made. I've done this school here. I've done this there. I am just a good person. And folks, it's really scary when we get into that entitlement part for our life. Every breath we have is a gift from God. John Piper wrote this, Do we ever feel the realities of the mercies of God? Our redemption, the spiritual conflict we're engaged in, the promise of our resurrection and Christ's ultimate triumph strongly enough to inspire us to shout. He wrote this a few weeks ago on talking about the idea of shouting. Do you know throughout Scripture the Bible commands us to shout? If you're a quiet person, heaven's going to be a really bad place for you. 
If you don't like to be active in your worship, I encourage you to stretch out beyond your personality into the power of God. Back to kids. Kids, you know, kids don't argue about their personalities when they're excited about something, do they? You know, you don't have reserved kids when you give a kid something. Well, I'm just, that's not my personality. No, when you give some kids something and they open it up, they are extremely excited about the gift. And yet when we get older, we get a little bit more reserved and we get a little bit more calculated and then we start going into our little corners of what we feel life is. You know, I've been all over the map in my praise experience. I grew up in a little Baptist church. And we had the, the side of the excited people, the hand raisers, and the non-excited people over here. You guys are those, not those people, by the way. They could go either way. So we had that experience, and the Holy Spirit starts moving, and people get excited, and maybe someone gets a bop. I love dancing with Matthew, by the way, because he'll sit up there, and he'll be like this when I'm with him. He'll be like this, and I'm like, I can't, he can't really contain Matthew when I'm holding this guy. Just settle down, boy. No. These people were excited. It was a frenzy thing. And by the way, don't, don't, don't misconstrue what I'm trying to say here. I'm not saying that you need to be active every time and shouting everywhere you go. But man, leave a little room for some shout. That's all I'm asking for you. Get a little bit more unreserved in your approach to Christ. And you know, we think, and this is where we're so bad, because his praise and worship has almost become professional now. Like, it's professional. Like, professional singers. And if we don't have it just right, I can't worship. Man, you got it all wrong. You have it all wrong. John Piper said, I asked the question for a couple reasons. One, it might reveal a personal affection deficit. Think about that for a moment. Let me say that again. I asked this question for a couple reasons. One, it might reveal a personal affection deficit in our souls that we need to address with our Lord, that we're not connecting deeply enough with the realities of what has happened and what has been promised to us. We might have a personal affection deficiency. We don't want to be called out on that, do we? No, I love God. But I think sometimes our affections bleed into other things. That's why the Lord said you can either love God or mammon. You can't love both. Jesus was always interested in the person's heart. And he said, you know, you're either going to serve me or you're going to serve something else. You can't have two masters. And I think our affections have kind of gone all over the place. I think maybe we need to repent of giving excessive attention to lesser things. Wouldn't you agree? We spend more and more spend more time meditating on the surpassing surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ. I want to ask you today: Are you giving excessive attention to lesser things? Maybe God doesn't get you too excited anymore because you're more excited about other junk. Do we ever think for a moment that we really don't have the spring in our step with the spiritual things of God and seeking after the deep things of God? Because quite frankly, we're really not that interested. That many times in life we're okay with the hands in the pockets during praise and worship because it really doesn't matter. That our affections are all over the place. And when Jesus came into Jerusalem, there was a frenzy for a good reason.
In Bible school, when we went to this church, you would actually have to get to church early because people were excited about church. Isn't that crazy? That they were excited about singing with the congregation. And I'm not going to share all the verses, but, but all Piper said in that moment was he listed a myriad, 12 verses of shouting, shouting amen. I, I love it when Quentin says amen. Hey, go ahead, Quentin. Amen. See? Yeah. I love it. You, you know why? Because I, I, I think in the house of God when there's something that happens and you start to erupt at, dif erupt at different times, there is something excited, there is something to be said. And have you noticed that the world does take notice of when people get excited? Have you noticed I don't have to tell people with personality deficiencies when the Cubs hit a home run to stand up and clap? Where's your personality now? Yeah, I mean, oh, oh, I'm in church like this, but I'm in pubs, you're like, something happens bad, and you're like, I'm out of here. Boom, oh, got all that excitement. I need some in church. You invested in the Cubs tickets, you've invested in your time, you have the same energy, right? Come on. Let's all just be family. And those guys haven't done nothing for you. Nothing for you. We're like this. When am I going to sit down? I'm tired. You stood in line for two hours for that concert. But you're tired at church? What? They're not singing my song, Pastor. They sing more of my song. I just don't understand the words. Close your eyes and make them up. This is not karaoke. This isn't to make you happy. No! We're worshiping God! I was actually really tempted this week. Rod and Sandra are going to laugh. You know, because I hate it. People come up to Rod and Sandra and say, Can you sing that song on Sunday? It's really good song. Could you add that to your playlist? They are not in iTunes. <laughs> leave them alone. They are ministers. Leave them alone. Church say, Leave Rod and Sandra alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Seriously, I leave them alone. I leave them alone. I'm pastor. I have a right to do it. You know, the other day I was out working and I was singing a song about shouting. And I was singing, shout to the north and the south. I was doing that while I was working. And I'm like, well, that would be a good song for Rob and Sandra to put on the playlist. Maybe the Lord is directing me to tell them to sing that song. And the Lord's like, no, that was for you, you ninny. That wasn't for everyone else. That's your song. And I was so tempted to go back and forth. Maybe I'll call them real quick and, hey, Rob and Sandra, sing this song. Listen, they don't need your help. They've been doing this a lot longer than you and paid the price to do it. You're not paying any price. You're just back in your corner sitting down and wanting to have your feelings felt good for you. Get, get, get stirred up. You are capable of this kind of energy. You're capable of it. Why is it so important? Why? Because Jesus inhabits the praises of his people. But he will not inhabit the praises of a half-hearted little golf clap. That's right. Amen. No. No, he won't. So praise is going to be erupting in heaven. And the Bible gives us deep, deep instruction about this. In the Psalms, he gives us instruction on how to worship. Lift up holy hands in the congregation. He doesn't say, if you feel good this week, do it. 
clap your hands, all of you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. This is a get out of your flesh. We're not here to, to cuddle with you about your problems. The Word of God instructs us we can get through our problems, but we are not going to cuddle with the problems. When the king comes into the room, we stand at attention and we say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Our attention is off ourselves, off our week. For at least an hour a week, you're actually getting your mind off of your stinking problems. Isn't it feel good, by the way, to get your mind off yourself for a moment? We are so narcissistic in our society. We think about ourselves all the time and where I'm at and what my problems are and why I can't do this and why I can't do that. And yet we serve King Jesus who has conquered the whole thing. Are you excessive in your attention of lesser things, I ask you? When Jesus came through the road on that donkey, nothing else mattered than those celebrating. I challenge you this week to become excessive again on celebrating the life of Christ. Become obsessive. Maybe it might mean this. See, it's not just enough for us to be thinking good thoughts, okay? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's not enough for us to go through that. There must be an expression. There must be something that happens. God gave us a beautiful thing that we can usher the praises of God forth. And we can say great and mighty things that we're so thankful for. Become excessive once again in your celebration of Him. You do have a shout. Turn to someone and say, you've got a shout. I heard you yelling at the person in front of you at the grocery store. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Psalm 89.15 said, Blessed are the people who know the festival shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face. Blessed are the people who know the festival shout. See, if you don't know a shout, it's time to get one. You have something to shout about. You've got something to shout about this week. Draw attention. People are concerned. I just don't want to draw attention. That person moving over there and dancing and clapping, they're just drawing attention to themselves. No, they're drawing attention to the Lord because God's done something for them. By the way, let me tell you this. You cannot shout with conditions. Your shouts must be without conditions. See, we place conditions on God. We'll never say it, but we live it. We'll never say, well, it's not, God loves me unconditionally. Yeah, but we put conditions on God and we say, God, well, if you do this and if you do that, then I'll get my shout back. Well, Pastor, it's just so tough right now in life. Things are going on. You have a reason to shout. What Arthur writes, generic garden variety gratitude has its limits. Its scope is generally confined to certain terms and conditions. Those that suit us or make us happy. It often doesn't look any higher than eye level. Not caring so much about the state of others as being grateful we're not in the same shape ourselves. It also tends to be restricted to a mainly private experience. An internal thought process or discipline that largely only benefits us individually. And even though it sometimes does show itself in actively thinking others, it usually is less than full-bodied, wholehearted gratitude, lacking the energy and eternal purpose of doing so in response to God's saving grace. It's just being grateful because. But the limits of Christian gratitude. Are there limits on our gratitude? There's no limits on Christian gratitude. 
You may be saying inside today, but I have so many bad things going on. Well, you look around the rest of this congregation right now, and they will all tell you the same thing. They have a lot of bad things going on. How many have some things right now that you'd rather not talk about? <laughs> That's the family of God right now in here today. But you have a shout. You know, get ready for God to show up in unpredictable ways. Just backing the bus up a little bit. Remember when Christ was going into Bethany in that whole area. Lazarus is coming and Mary and Martha, they go, man, if you just would have been here a little bit earlier, we could have had our brother back. How many felt that way about the Lord sometimes? If you just would have been here, God, if you would have done this here, if you would have done that there. And then he asked a really poignant question. He said, do you believe... In the resurrection, you believe that this can happen? You know, yeah, I believe in the resurrection. She gave her a big theological discourse. And he raises Lazarus from the dead in an unexpected way. Do you know, I want you to learn to go again to realize that we serve a God that can surprise us and wants to surprise us all the time. He wants to surprise you. He wants to surprise me. I don't know what surprises he has for me, but if you're not anticipating in your life that God wants to bless you and God wants to take care of you and God loves you and God knows the very hairs of your head and in your mother's womb you're intricately and wonderfully made, that he wants to take care of you as daddy, I'm a father. You can anticipate again. And the Holy Spirit, as he begins to move in our lives... We can't give him conditions. We can't say, well, and remember, he said, well, I'm going to raise this guy from the dead. And they go, but he stinketh. And that's the King James Version. Turns around and says, but he stinketh. <laughs> and some of the things in our life begin to stink and we lose our shout and we don't have anything we think that we can shout about. You have a ton to shout about. And it's sad that we get to the place where we don't have anything to shout about and I want you to get your shout back. I want to tell you that he's going to manifest his presence as anticipation builds in us. A person with a shout is, de is a defiant against the enemy. By the way, when you start to learn to fight, one of the greatest ways that you can fight the enemy is through praise. Amen. You want to get defiant against the enemy in your life. See, we, we Christians kind of teach turn the other cheek, but there's one, well, there's one nasty angel that you don't have to turn the other cheek against, and that's the devil. You don't have to turn the other cheek with the devil. So when the devil's coming at you, full barrel, throwing in flaming darts, God has given us weapons to fight back. And one of those beautiful weapons is a sacrifice of praise and the spirit of heaviness. Praise, for the most part, for you and me, is going to be extremely sacrificial and hard because our conditions will not line up with what we're facing. Because we'll look at things and we'll kind of see things, and we're only going to see things in a very limited manner. We only see through the, the, this glass dimly. And so praise gets us to another place and another level in our life so that we can be defiant against the suggestions of the enemy. Would you think with some of you, the way Christians talk, by the way, that the enemy is in control and having his way however he wants. You'd think the way people talk, Christians, that the enemy does and gets to do whatever he wants to and however. Like, he's in control. Guys, I want to remind you that the devil is not in control. He's not. He is not. Now, the enemy can come and start taking control of some areas of your life that you give to him. But ultimately, God, the Father, has come in. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, there the Spirit of the Lord has to raise a standard against it. Your invitation through praise and worship allows God to work in. And it just might be a shout. 
Victory for us might be vocally saying this, no devil. No. No. You can't have my kids. You can't have my home. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my finances. They're the Lord's. No devil. Spend your energy praising the king this week. Spend your energy on that, not worrying. Spend your energy on some other stuff. Spend your energy on him. Billy Sunday said it like this. I've never heard this one before, and I love it. Yank some of the groans out of your prayers and shove in some shouts. Some of us do a whole lot of groaning in our prayer. And you might have prayers and petitions and those kinds of things in your life, but some of us need to start getting some of the groans out and start shoving some shouts in. Oh, woe is me, Lord. What am I going to do with my life? I've done a lot for you! We just walk around in misery, folks. That's not how God, that's not the the victorious Christian life. Nehemiah 8, 9 through 11. We have a situation that starts happening. Why don't you turn in your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 8. Ezra was reading from the book of law. You know, misery does love company, doesn't it? If you're a happy person around a miserable person, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to get them so irritated or they're going to irritate you so much, but you're never going to have that happy medium. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, and the priest, and the scribe, and the Levites who were interrupting the people and said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods, with sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Isn't that amazing? The people were crying. They heard the book of the law. They heard all this stuff and they were weeping. And, 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 and the prophet there declares to them, stop crying. Stop crying. Today is a day to celebrate with your family, to drink some sweet drink, to feast, to enjoy the presence of God. Because he has done some great things for us. Let me challenge you today, if you have a tendency to always be down, if you have a tendency to be just in despondence and depression the majority of your week, it's time for you to maybe have a party. You might need to invite some friends over and don't talk about your problems. This is not the week for you to talk about your latest condition that you're dealing with. This is a week to shout. We might have to take some groans out of our prayers and insert some shouts. This is the day, by the way, and many people don't like to hear this, because we have elevated our problems greater than God of the universe. This is the day for us to realign our focus on the presence and power of the King of Kings, and we hush. And this is, I want to give you permission this week for this. We hush from complaints and sorrow. We hush from complaining and sorrows. 
Do you know the children of Israel? I need to remind you of this. But when they in the wilderness, the one thing that really got the Lord really, 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 really angry was their complaint. They were registering complaints. How many have seen a few complaints on social media this week? Oh, we register the complaints. And then we create sides and categories. And the people that are all here are part of my group that we can all agree on this together. But I'm going to disagree with you today. You have a lot to be thankful for. Tulian Shabdan wrote this. I was spending too much time thinking about me. And what I needed to do, and far too little time thinking about Jesus and what he had already done for me, and what I discovered was more, the more I focused on my need to get better, the worse I actually got. How many have been there? The more neurotic and self-conscious and self-absorbed I actually became. We focus so much on self-improvement, it's ridiculous. This is the day to take off the clouds of doubt and the worry and the dread. Some of us have actually gotten to a point, by the way, where we dread the day. When we wake up, we're dreading the day. That prophecy in Psalm 46, let's turn there real quick and see what God has done. How many want to start shouting again? By the way, there's a place and a setting and a time for all of it. You don't want to be shouting like this at a funeral home. Right? There's seasons and things like that. But this is not a funeral home. This is a house of praise. Psalm 46, 1 through 13. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of God, to the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city and it cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos. And their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come and see the glorious works of God. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Isn't that amazing how God puts that forth? The nation's rage. It sways back and forth from political party to political party. But do we forget that it is God who appoints the kings of the earth? Do we forget that God is enthroned among his people and that God, the the earth is God's footstool? He also declared this in scripture. The Lord declared, for I am ready to set things right. How many need things set right? He said, not in the distant future, but right now. I am ready to save Jerusalem and show my glory to Israel. By the way, Hosanna means this, save now. In the New Testament, the Bible declares that today is the day of salvation. 
God has anointed you for praise. Turn real quick to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61. And maybe this week, practically speaking, you say, how do I get my shout back? The only way you can start doing it is maybe by shouting. What are the three steps today, Pastor? I don't have those. But what I can tell you is this, is that when you start to shout and do something different than what you've done, God will invade that space for you. Here's what Jesus did bring to the world. This again is another prophetic message. Good news for the oppressed if you're impressed or impressed. If you're oppressed here today, this is a good thing. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will be given a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord had planted for their glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago, and, and will revive them. Isn't that beautiful? We forget about that, you know, God's anointed to get the, 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 great, the good news to the poor. But he also says in there, I have anointed you to be priests. You know, priests have the power. I've got this little anointing thing in here. We anoint the sick in here to bless people and to pray for them. But he anoints all of us. And this is how we can punch the enemy back, by the way. Say, man, the enemy's come at me. We'll punch him back. Punch him back. The Lord himself declared that I reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. Don't worry, by the way, about having perfect praise or perfect confidence. How many have that in this place? Sometimes our praise is a little broken. Amy Grant sang an amazing song about that Hallelujah song. I forgot the verse on it, but it's just an amazing, amazing song that she sang. And sometimes the Hallelujah is a little different. But it's very important for us to understand that God's given us a shout. Let's close our eyes for a moment. You know, it's really easy for us to analyze ourselves and to go in, why did I do this and what's going on here? We start to analyze things. And let's just get all of our mind and worrying about the past and what we need to do better. What systems do I need to have in place? What reminders? So I don't do that. You know, grace is this crazy thing, by the way. Where God breaks in and he gives us a free gift. I want to give you a beautiful gift today by the power of his spirit. And that's the power to praise. You don't have to know musical instruments. You don't even know how to sing. The Bible says make a joyful noise. So if you're a noisy singer, that's a good thing. But you do have a shout. And maybe you've lied to yourself and had people or the enemy lie to you and say you don't have a shout anymore. You have nothing to shout about. And today, maybe it starts there where we repent of our excessiveness on lesser things in our life. I want to close with this thought by Tulian Shabdani. He says, God is not interested in what you think you should be or feel. He's not interested in the narrative you construct for yourself or that others construct for you. He may even use suffering to deconstruct the narrative. Rather, he is interested in you, the you who, are, who suffers, the you who inflicts suffering on others. 
the you who hides, the you who has bad days and good ones, and he meets you where you are. Jesus is not the man at the top of the stairs. He's the man at the bottom, the friend of sinners. The Savior of those in need of one, which is all of us, all the time, praise be to God. Today, maybe you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you surely don't have a shout. And you don't know if heaven's your home. You don't know if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You haven't been able to call on Him as friend, and I want to tell you today that He is the friend of sinners, which we all are. Today, if you want to know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and maybe something's been going on today in your heart, maybe leading up to this, you've had some quiet moments, you've had some moments of frustration, wondering kind of about the bigger things of life, the bigger questions, and you say, I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and you don't know Him today, today with all boldness and confidence, I can declare to you that Jesus Christ loves you, and he paid a hefty price for you. He died on the cross for you and for me. And you can know him because he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want to, we want to pray this prayer with you. Would you raise your hand? I want you to raise your hand. Number two is this. Maybe you've lost your shout. And your energy is being spent on other things. You're getting more excited about the local sports scene. Or the local stuff going on here. The latest buzz. Whatever it may be. But all your energy is being spent. And you say, you know what? It's time for me to grow up. It's time for me to mature in my faith. And grow and get into the deeper things of God. And get my shout back. And start declaring the praises of God. And what he has done for eternity for me. Today, if that's you and you say, it's time for my focus to be realigned so that I can get my shout back. Today, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lots going to happen on with that. Before we pray together, I want to declare to those of you who today raised your hand in faith and said, you know what? I'm giving my energy back to the things of God for my life. And the daily things that God has given me victory over, the common grace that He's extended to me. If God another doesn't do another thing for us, we have enough to shout in the mountaintops for all eternity. Today may we be inspired to get a shout back, to maybe cause a frenzy to happen in our own hearts and our own lives. That our hearts would be on fire again. That would stoke something in us and it would spread. Maybe we'd be a congregation of people who shout to God with a voice of triumph once again and realize that He's given us victory in all things. Today, let's all pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for giving me something to shout about. Thank you for giving me victory. Thank you, God, that you dance over me. Thank you, God, that I have so much to thank you for. I will start today. 
I will start this moment to declare your praises. And when I feel down, when I feel out, I will put on the garment of praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, I love you a bunch. You got a reason to shout today, amen. We got a reason to shout. I encourage you this week, um, if you can, come to our Friday night service, uh, our Good Friday service. It's going to be an awesome time. What time is it again? I forgot my yeah, six thirty. That's a good idea. Six thirty. If you can come out here, it's going to be for an hour, and uh, it's going to be a time of reflection. We'll take communion and uh, just really focus on the power of the cross that evening. It's a really great night of impact and some new things we're going to do with that. But um, I just encourage you to come, maybe bring some family members and uh, starts at 630. And then obviously Easter Sunday, we'd love to see you again. God bless you. I love you. Have a good week.